Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler, and we'll be discussing lay missioners with Monica Tom Kochnik. Well, Monica, welcome uh, to the podcast. You have uh, been on the podcast before, uh, but and, and I don't recall exactly what we talked about with you before. Uh, it was marriage. Marriage oh, and family. Yes. Gotten in nitty gritty. Marriage. But, uh, but to, uh, yeah, today we're, we're very happy to talk with you about this topic, lay, lay missioners. Um, uh, we there's a lot of connections here uh, that we want to make up front. Um, Monica is our uh, director of administration at the Catholic Apostolate Center, uh, and she is also on the board of Catholic Volunteer Network, uh, which is. Um, could you describe what the organization is for? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Catholic Volunteer Network is a network of of lay mission programs, so programs that are sponsored generally by religious orders, um, and they sponsor young adults. Most of the time it's young adults, but can be a wide range of ages for doing kind of longer term service. So a year, two years, three years, depending on depending on the program, um, the, the, the volunteers and lay missioners live in community. Generally, um, they practice simple living. They, you know, have a spiritual component um, and and do work in social justice. So wide range of what a volunteer could do in their year of service, year or more of service, um, you know, working at soup kitchens or working in schools or working um, on kind of the advocacy side to try to figure out the systematic systematic causes of poverty or whatever it might be. There's just a wide range of what, what volunteers and lay missioners do. And so CVN as uh, the network supports those, those programs. Um, they provide resources for, People discerning this, the going into this faith-based long-term service world, they have um, the response directory, which is a booklet of all the options for people. Um, it's also online as well, um, and then they support the program. So they help do recruitment and provide membership services for those programs, whether it's health insurance or car rentals or you know just kind of different things like that. Um, and they also are um, convene the the staffs of those programs um, to help them kind of work through the issues in the field, um, you know, whether it's around mental health or you know racial justice or various things. So they they gather gather the gather the programs together to be able to talk through these things. You were you did this type of service as well as then. You maybe talk a little bit about some of the background sure. and how then you also came to Catholic Apostolate Center. Yeah. So I um, was it when I was a senior in college was not ready to join the workforce yet and was trying to figure out something. I didn't want to go to grad school. I was looking at some jobs, but it just didn't, didn't seem right for me at the time. Um, and there was a Jesuit volunteer that was actually working at my university and so got to know the JVs that year. And so kind of figured it was a, a good path for me um, and applied to the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. 
was accepted. It was a very exciting day <laughs> when I got the call. Um, and I was placed in New Orleans. Um, and we were actually the first group of JVs back after Katrina. So it was a really interesting time to be in the city. Um, I often say we were so grateful to be part of the city's history when we were there. It was a really amazing experience. Um, I lived with six other volunteers. I worked at a, a school. I was a teaching assistant for second grade um, and then just got to experience New Orleans on a $100 a month budget. <laughs> we got a small stipend and then we had um, our expenses that were covered, you know, for groceries and rent and all that. But um yeah, it was a wonderful experience, which then led me to work for JBC for three years as someone that kind of worked with the volunteers. And then that led me um, to work for the St. Vincent Pilates Center for Apostolic Development, which is where I met Father Frank. He was on the board and um, worked there for two years as um, kind of lots of different things, social media and communications, and then office manager and finance and stuff. And then when the that, that closed in 2012, and that Father Frank said, I have this other organization. Are you interested in joining the staff there? And I said, oh, sure, give it a try. And so that's how I joined the center staff. You said the response booklet earlier, and I laughed because I compare it more to a phone book. It's like yeah, as thick it's, as a, almost yeah. as thick as a Bible. <laughs> but I, I remember, um, I feel like if anyone's heard of Catholic Volunteer Network, I feel like the response book is is what people most associate with CVN. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember myself as a college student, um, also on the verge of graduating, thinking, wow, I've just had this incredible four-year college career. I've been given so many opportunities. I also went to a Jesuit school um, and I had studied abroad and I had attended World Youth Day with some of the priests and um, I had done a, a an internship in Guatemala through a program through their business school. So I just felt incredibly grateful for all that I had received. And when graduation was coming, I said, okay, it's time for me to give back. I want to do something also. And while I discern what I want to do for my career. And I remember sitting down in the campus ministry office with the response book and just going through the pages. And this thing is no joke. I mean, at the time there were, you could you can find volunteer opportunities in every state of the country. And it was something like over 150 countries worldwide that you could volunteer. And so it was both international and domestic. And as you said, it was like the whole gamut of, of volunteer opportunities, whatever you were drawn to, whatever you felt like were your gifts and talents, you could find a ministry doing whatever that was. And I remember being really excited and also really overwhelmed because I was like, how do you choose out of all these amazing opportunities? And if I can work in all these different states and all these different countries, how do I choose? And just kind of flipping through and I started applying and lo and behold, I ended up interning and doing my year of service at Catholic Volunteer Network as well. So I lived in community like Monica was discussing earlier on that very small stipend. I think each of us put $20 a week in for groceries and then whatever we could come <laughs> come home with, we would <laughs> split that. And it was it was interesting amazing. cooking. Lots of interesting very, cooking. <laughs> I think I have to share my favorite simple living meal. And that was the most, 
interesting meal my roommate came up with was a bowl of hard-boiled eggs and sliced bell peppers. And I was like, this simple living's not going to work for me. Uh, It was just hilarious. But, um, you know, someone else had made like quinoa sweet potato black bean tacos and that I could get behind. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was going off of that. I feel like some people get a little hung up on the aspect of simple living. And I know for myself, that was the thing I was most scared about to have to, you know, kind of simplify and, you know, but I was more focused on the things and the like, you know, I can't bring all of my shoes and I can't, you know, I'm not going to have these things. But that was that ended up being the value that I appreciated the most was because it's about just relationships and spending time with people, not being distracted by things. And, you know, I lived, I, I did JVC in the time before smartphones. So <laughs> I can't imagine trying to do it in the age of smartphones that we didn't have, you know, iPhones and things to distract us, but we didn't even have Wi-Fi in our house. But it, you know, it was just like sitting down and having a meal or sitting down and, reading a book while someone else is reading a book in the same room and talking about, you know, just that that's really what came down to be the important things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I felt like it was actually most freeing. Yeah. I felt like that was um, one of the times where I was most fulfilled and most free and I didn't have, like you were saying, stuff. Um, And so, yes, we've talked about simple living. And I think you touched on too, that prayer is a fundamental part of a year of lay mission work or however long the long-term service is. Um, do you know, like, are there other tenants that, that are part of, um, being a lay missioner? Yes. I mean, every program's different, you know, they have different focuses, but generally the four are simple living, social justice, community and, and spirituality. And so it's, um, you know, the thought is with community that, you know, we can't do this work alone. Um, I mean, you can, but it's it means so much more when you're in communion with others and going through this together with them, um, and and that just is a big part of of the faith of this kind of long term service lay missioner work. So that brings up a good question. Um, you know, we're using the term lay missioners. Um, we've talked a lot on previous podcasts about missionary, missionary discipleship, that kind of stuff. So maybe we could talk a little bit about, and whoever wants to answer this would be great. But, you know, what what is um, the idea, the, a lay missioner? What might be the difference between a missioner and a missionary? So when we're looking at at the let's start with missionary because the term lay missioner is a is a more recent term and if for a while the folks who did this type of work were, were would sometimes have the name missionary sometimes they would be called lay volunteers if it were outside of the country it was often seen as more missionary work than than in in the country, although there were domestic missions, and so the churches, you know, from the moment of Pentecost, were were sent forth as as missionaries, and we have the great missionary journeys that we read in the scriptures and the Acts of the Apostles, and so forth. And the church has has been doing that for two two millennia, and. Where though in the in the last five hundred years, where it really became 
even more to the fore was was a, associated with the European exploration and the the period of going to the you know the so-called new world but also to Africa and to Asia and this desire to bring Christianity to a number of these places and people who often who were members of religious orders that were and a number of which were created the Jesuits being a very famous one although they were created primarily initially for the work of after uh, the uh, Protestant Refu Reformation to enter into the Catholic Reformation, the way in which the church could reform itself. And, but the, the communities that, that then became, especially when you got to the um, 18th, uh, the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, whole communities that were founded purely for missionary work, women and men. And then you started to see lay people also first supporting this financially, but then also taking it up and going and working in these countries. And this started to really develop. You saw this in the, particularly in, into the late 19th, 20th, early 20th century. A number of these Catholic programs began as a, 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 a in connection with women and men, uh, uh, male and female religious communities. Often these programs were so, so we've mentioned the Jesuits as one of them, but there were numerous ones. And it, in a number of instances, they would prepare people to be able to go to these places, lay people, and, and assist. And then maybe they would do them in country, you know, in, in the United States itself. And, and again, some of that got differentiated with lay volunteer. Lay, and then later, it, it, the, this term lay missioner started to become more common. And there's a person who is a lay person who is in, engaged in, uh, in, in this particular work, immerse, uh, is uh, immerses oneself into a particular place with a particular people, whether that is in the United States or, or internationally, so as to be able uh, to serve and to serve the people who are there. But at the same time, they are learning from the people they are serving. So it's not one of these very con it's not meant to be one of these rather condescending things where, oh, here I'll help you, poor unfortunate. But instead, we're, you know, I, I'm entering into this and I I draw and I learn from this that also then affects then the the, the person's life often the person's life moving forward. And and you'll see many people who are engaged in the work of the church and the work of advocacy, the work of church organizations, the work of various uh, agencies that assist people, particularly in their material needs, as well as then their spiritual needs.
So I, I mean, Monica, Kate, feel free to you know. But that the in being somewhat immersed in this over the over the last years, I'd say the last well, probably almost forty years uh, because of activity that I with the Pilates Center and also being you know the Palatines are an international missionary community, uh, and you know we're we have missions and on every continent except Antarctica. And and see ourselves, uh, and Pilates was very focused in the, you know in the early the first half of the nineteenth century, because all those missionaries, all all those people from different countries, the priests and the religious, would come to Rome, and study in Rome. So he would meet them, and then he would assist them, in whatever way he could. And part of the original foundation of the Union of Catholic Apostles was men. The initial piece of it was to assist the church's work in the missions, as well as revive the faith of Catholics and do universal charity. So that is a big part of the history of, of the Palatines, and it, it folds into, you know, Catholic Apostles Center, the Pilates Center that was already mentioned as well. Yeah, going back to what, Father Frank, what you had said about just the how, you know, this experience affects the person going in, you know, I definitely went in in a very idealistic, like, I'm going to go to New Orleans and help these kids, these poor kids, I'm going to go save them, you know, and it's like, no, <laughs> within the first like day, I really like got that thought knocked out of no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to be present to them. I'm here to experience, you know, their life. And especially at that time, you know, just these you know, kids were seven and had just had the worst natural disaster in the United States happen to them, um, you know, and just to really be present to them and to, you know, th figure out why they're acting weird when it, all of a sudden it starts to storm. <laughs> you know, I, that thought never crossed my mind until experiencing it. Um, and something that I don't think JVC uses this anymore, but that one of their kind of catchphrases was that you you're ruined for life when you do this and I I, I was kind of scared <laughs> by that when I heard it going into my year I was like I don't want to be ruined I'm fine I'm great I don't need to be ruined <laughs> but it's so true like you just you don't you can't look at life the same when you start from when you started to when you leave um, my JVC experience affects my life every single day you know it's how why I'm working for the church is because of that experience and, you know, how my husband and I are raising our children is because of my JVC experience and what I learned from that. Um, and it really has ruined me and I'm grateful <laughs> for that. Not that I didn't like who I was before, but I feel like, you know, I was able to, because of the space that was provided, you know, develop my own spirituality, my own like adult faith. I came to be an adult in the church because of my time in JVC. And I think that for me was just such a pivotal moment of, of my existence. The Catholic Apostolate Center and Catholic Volunteer Network have been collaborating now for several years. Yeah, 10 you, years. Yes. Ten Can years you now. describe a little bit about the work that we've done together and, and a little bit about that relationship. Sure. Um, Father Frank, feel, to jump in, feel free to jump in too. When the Pilates Center was closing, um, the thought was that, you know, 
the mission had kind of come to fruition that when the Pilates Center was was founded, not a lot of people knew about this at uh, this type of, you know, volunteer experience and lay missioner experience. And, you know, when when it was closed, it, it it was kind of a lot of people know about it and there's a lot of programs and there's a lot of access to it. And that, you know, the unique aspects of what the Pilates Center did, we we worked with CVN to carry on. So. Pilates Center focused more on the volunteer, the direct volunteer. So the person before, during, and after their experience. And so a lot of those um, resources, their shared visions and staying connected and the job bank and what's next notebook um, kind of continued on through CVN. And then we were able over the past 10 years to kind of be creative too, and to develop different resources, new resources for where volunteers are now. Uh, We've done some Advent and Lenten reflection guides. Um, this past Lent, we did this fun social media campaign of Lent, hashtag Lent reset and had just kind of little acts of, you know, prayer and catechesis and, you know, just little little spirituality, simple living nuggets that could happen in a day on social media. And so it's it's been fun to collaborate with them um, on these different aspects. So, um, Kate, you know, you talked about just dis- dis- you know, going through a process of discerning, you know, if this is what you wanted to do and ultimately, you know, moving in that direction. Uh, it was when I was getting ready to graduate college, um, you know, there was all kinds of things being thrown at you, um, get a job, maybe, you know, especially it, for my experience at Catholic University, there were lots of uh, people graduating with me that decided they wanted to go and do some some type of service a lot. I do know lots of folks that uh, went through some of these programs that we've been talking about. Um, you know, so what is it, you know, why might someone, why might this be something that someone would consider to do? Not in a sense of let's convince someone to do it, right? But, you know, wh- how could this might be an option that I think some, particularly for someone like, I didn't know this was an option until it was presented to me. I don't think some, some people are not, you're not, this isn't like I'm in high school and thinking this is what I want to do when I graduate college. Um, And as, as we've discussed, you know, maybe this is a way for some people to kind of um, immerse themselves into something before they go out into the world, or this is something that they intentionally want to do. But, you know, why is this, why is this something that someone For me, it was seeing volunteers in action. You know, there was, like I said, there was a Jesuit volunteer that was at my university and I got to know the the community that was in Detroit. Um, And I just, they just radiated joy. (laughs) It was just so fun to be around them. Um, You know, they just were doing all different types of work, but were just really cool people and interesting and having great conversations and praying together. And it was a normal thing. And for me, it just when I would I was visiting that community, um, it, I just was like, I, this just seems right. It just seems like a, a good fit. And so for me, it was just the connection with someone in the program. That's why I didn't apply to any other programs because I only knew of the Jesuit Volunteer Corps just because that was what I was exposed to. But um, yeah, I think if people are just, you know, it's a, just a good experience also to get job experience too. I mean, it's not like the most, like, I don't think most people go into it for the job experience, but, you know, I had a 
job. I had to get up every morning and go to go to work. <laughs> and that was like a whole new experience for me as, you know, a recent college grad. But um, I don't know, Kate, what about you? Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I was I had well in college I had a reversion experience. And so for the first time in my life, I was asking like not what what do I want to do, but God, what do you want me to do with my life? And it was this very selfless time where I really was just overwhelmed with gratitude and wanted to give back. And so um, I had spent, so the summer after I graduated, I spent a month at a monastery. I've mentioned that in previous episodes and like lived with sisters for a while with Benedictine nuns and just like learned from them. And so I was just like wanting to get all these experiences that I could before quote unquote, becoming an adult and having an adult nine to five job. Um, I knew that the time post um, post college was sacred. And you really kind of don't ever get that time back, especially now, you know, as as a mom with three kids, like it's like, you know, I when when am I going to go off for like a year and just like, you know, do these like, you know, amazing programs and acts of service. So it was just really this special and beautiful time. And I think a lot of young adults find that um, where they can do something that that is worthwhile, that fills them up. Um, and that, you know, you, it's just amazing experience, whether you're domestic or abroad. Um, you learn more about a different culture. You meet new people. Um, you walk with people. Uh, it's You grow in your spiritual life, as you were mentioning, so, um, yes, it was a very formative time for me. And it also was a year that allowed me to pray through that big question of, okay, what does God want me to do long-term? And so for there, from there, I was able to start applying to graduate school and I went on to study theology, but I needed that time where I could really contemplate. Definitely, I was a contemplative in action, right? Um, doing. And it was an interesting year of service because I worked for the Catholic Volunteer Network. So I was volunteering for the volunteer organization. Um, but as you mentioned, Monica, I got a ton of work experience because I was thrown in as the communications intern, but they didn't have anyone doing communications. So I was the communications department because it was a small nonprofit. So for a recent college grad, I got a ton of, of real life experience. And that ultimately led me to the Catholic Apostolate Center. So, you know, it's, it's just really neat to see how God uses, you know, when you, when you give, give yourself in service and when you give some time and actually ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to do with my life? He, he blesses that. I truly believe that. And, um, and yeah, so if you're interested in, in learning more about faith-based service and the different programs, uh, I invite you to go to catholicvolunteernetwork.org and, and check out that response um, booklet online or, or yeah. Yeah, so this is actually the last year it's going to be printed. So that's wow. a great, they're going totally la dato si next year. <laughs> End <laughs> It'll of be an era. Solely online. Wow. Yeah. And there, there are to this day, in, in working with college students and who are look at these various programs. And now there's there's such a variety. There are these there are the the programs that CVN 
uh, that are, that are there, these different Catholic programs and, and other, uh, faith-based programs. There are also these other types of year-long service or, or beyond that, it, that exists that are maybe more around evangelization and some of these other areas. So there's a, some of them have academic degrees connected to them uh, and maybe in education or religious education, these kinds of – so the, the variety you – know, as I've watched this variety grow, over the years that I've followed this from pretty much the time I was a postulant in the in the Palatines. So that would that was the mid-1980s. Uh, until today, the the breadth of what's out there of opportunities and people who very intentionally discern what it is that they would feel that Christ is calling them to. And that this is part of an uh, a not no, not to kick the can down the road, and I, I don't know what to do with my life, but instead, I'm being very intentional about this. Now you're going to have those people that they're kicking the can down the road. That's true, but for a number of people, they they to, to your point, Kate, and 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 for, and for you, you know, so this is a formative experience. It's a very formative experience that then assists in what are what are my next steps after this? And I've watched people be very intentional then about those next steps after they've done this time of 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 longer term service in in uh, whatever the organization might be. And I know too for those with student loans, when they do a year of service those loans are put, like deferred for a year. So that there are also pro, like ways of helping people if they're worried about finances as well. Yeah. And some, some of the programs I know that um, CBN works with also have like an AmeriCorps component. So there is some loan forgiveness as well. Um, and yeah, there's just lots of options out there. So let's, what would you say to the person who is listening um, that might be considering this and hasn't maybe made that final decision. Do you, is there anything that you might want to tell them? Great question. Um, there's lots I'd like to tell. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. That's well, whenever I talk to somebody, cause actually um, a funny story from, so when I was discerning doing JVC, I was helping to lead a retreat um, for my campus ministry and the JV that was on our was working at my university had brought in some other JVs from outside of Detroit. I think it was Milwaukee or something. So there was other volunteers that I hadn't met, and I met them briefly as we were getting started. And I said to the one guy, um, "Oh, I'm thinking about doing JVC," and his response was, "Do it. Just just get your application and apply. Just do it." And so I was just like okay, I think that's a sign. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking through this guy because I was going to take some time while I was on this retreat, you know, to really discern if this was like what I should be doing. I was like, this is like the first moment (laughs) of the retreat. I was like, all right, I think, I think that's that. But, um, I mean, if you're, they're listening to this podcast of outlay missionary work, they're obviously discerning it. And so, you know, take that step. Um, I think it's just really important and, and, you know, pray about it, talk to your family. 
I remember having sitting my parents down <laughs> and kind of laying out the, the case for this. As soon as I started talking, they're like, yeah, of course, whatever you need to do. Yeah, yeah, this is great. This is so perfect. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, be in, be in discernment, um, tr- you know, talk with those that you trust um, to help you talk through it, um, pray about it. I think that's what I would say. And Catholic Volunteer Network has an excellent blog, too, with reflections from current and former um, volunteers and lay missionaries. So I would really recommend going to their website as well. And as well as our blog, we've had we've featured several lay missionaries and international and domestic over the years. And it helps, too, to see and to hear about someone's experience and to have that come alive through their words. So if you want to say like, what does a day in the life of this type of volunteer look like? I think um, Catholic volunteer network even had a blog series just like about a day in the life of, of different, um, different volunteers and missionaries. So I would recommend going there too, if you want to learn more. Yeah. I would also say, yeah, talk with somebody who's done it. So, but also somebody who maybe didn't have the best experience as well. Um, you know, whenever I talk to people, I, I had a great experience. I had a great community, um, but I know people that didn't, but still got a lot out of out of their their year or two. Well, thank you very much, Monica. It's been uh, a pleasure to have you on the podcast uh, today. And um, we're uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say we are uh, always delighted to uh to work with you and collaborate with you as a colleague. And uh, it was fun. I, th- I hope our listeners uh, got, got a lot out of what uh, you and Kate uh, and father, uh, not so much for me, I didn't have much to contribute, but uh, I, I, I hope that our listeners definitely got a lot out of what uh, your experiences uh, were with all of this. So um, we do have resources of um on, on the Catholic Apostolate Center's website, we have uh, lay ministry resources. You can check out our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. And of course, uh, catholicvolunteernetwork.org. And as uh, Monica mentioned, this is the last year that the uh, response is being printed and it'll be online afterwards. So if you are interested, uh, there's a bevy of resources out there uh, to find. You just uh, just have to grab them. So this wraps up another episode of On Mission from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find this and other Center podcasts on all of the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, or on our special podcast website, catholicapostolatecenterpodcast.com.